Cancer therapies are constantly changing as researchers and physicians strive to find the best therapies to cure disease. What are the latest radiation treatments for prostate cancer, and which ones are the most effective? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. Joining me today is Dr. Richard Valicenti, Associate Professor of Radiation Oncology at Thomas Jefferson Medical College and Director of the Clinical Division and Department of Radiation Oncology at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital. He specializes in the treatment of prostate cancer, genitourinary oncology, gynecologic oncology, and benign diseases. Dr. Valicenti is nationally and internationally recognized for the radiotherapeutic management of prostate cancer. Doctor, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. Dr. Valicenti, you know, traditional brachytherapy has been around for many years, and I understand that uh, there's something new in the field. That is correct. The field is evolving to a new state of the art. Brachytherapy for prostate cancer we've been doing for 15 years, making use of ultrasound devices where we are able to localize the uh, prostate gland to place uh, radioactive pellets. The uh, field has now evolved that we are using a multimodality uh, system, incorporating other imaging modalities uh, to better identify the prostate uh, cancer and the prostate gland volume uh, at the time of carrying out the placement of radioactive pellets. What's the new thing called? It's called real-time interoperative treatment planning. By that, I mean we are now carrying out the radiation planning of the implant as well as the actual uh, brachytherapy treatment uh, within minutes of each other in the OR. So the guesswork kind of is going out of it from planning to implementing. Right. Well, the pre-planning part, which is done quite often in uh, most hospitals and academic centers, usually takes place uh, one month prior or several weeks prior to the actual implantation of the radioactive pellets. Now with these new systems, uh, we are now doing that process uh, within the OR uh, and carrying out the placement of the radioactive seeds uh, within minutes of doing that process. Now what is the advantage of doing that? Well, the advantage of doing that is we are now able to have information available to us which is the real information of the patient's position, the real information of the prostate gland, uh, and the real information about how the radiation dose distribution is going to look like uh, at the time of placement of the seeds. Now, before we did this uh, several weeks beforehand where the patient was in a different position, they may not have been under the same kind of anesthesia, the gland might have been uh, in a different position in the patient, maybe even a different size, and we created a mapping of the procedure. Then when the patient came into the OR, we had to try to match things up. Uh, and as you can imagine, trying to match uh, different situations uh, could lead to potential uncertainties. It's not uh, exactly clear what the distribution is going to look like when we were done. I think now we are clearly at a tremendous advantage that we have a greater correspondence now between what we want to do and what we actually do. What kind of device is it? Is it ultrasound? Is it a CAT scanner? Is it? It's an ultrasound device that makes use of multiple planes of the anatomy. Okay, so it's three-dimensional. It becomes three-dimensional, whereas before we used more two-dimensional and we reconstructed a sort of three-dimensional model of what was going on. Now what we have is the actual 
three-dimensional picture of the, I like to say the target, the, mm-hmm. the prostate target. It's kind of like a smart bomb. Well, it, it's more like smart guidance. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know where the cancer is? I mean, I know you've, you've done random biopsies and come up with a cancer score and a cancer burden, but how do you know exactly where the cancer is to put the seeds? I mean, what, does it look a certain way on ultrasound? Well, we're still not at the stage where we're actually able to reliably identify where each focus of prostate cancer is within the prostate gland. We use information. We use information based on the biopsy. Typically, we have 12 biopsies from multiple locations of the prostate gland, uh, that give us an indication of uh, where the majority of the prostate is. And we do have investigational programs, uh, research programs here at Jefferson, making use of ultrasound and imaging new novel contrast agents, for example. We're able to localize uh, specifically where prostate cancer sort of hides in the gland. But as of now, we use that information, that the pathological information. We try to do a very accurate uh, representation of the prostate gland, we, we make special attention uh, to areas that we know involve the majority of the cancer. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM 157 on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and my guest today on the Clinician's Roundtable is Dr. Richard Valicenti. He's an associate professor of radiation oncology at Thomas Jefferson Medical College, and we're talking about a new treatment of brachytherapy. Dr. Valicenti, how long does the new treatment take? Is it shorter than the old one because you kind of know exactly where you're going? The overall time, I would say, is shorter uh, in terms of the planning, the administration, and so forth. But the actual OR time is, at this point, I would say it's a little less than what we've done in the past because we're still needing some additional time for the planning process within the OR, which, you know, if you consider that, we're probably doing a a much more efficient procedure overall. We're probably spending about an hour or so to do the actual implant, uh, whereas before it took us an hour and a half to the two hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of that time uh, was spent in trying to realign the pre-plan with the interoperative patient. Now we're spending some of that time to actually run that real-time plan within the OR. Doctor, is Thomas Jefferson the only site doing this procedure on the east side of the country? Thomas Jefferson is the center doing this procedure in the Mid-Atlantic. We are the only center in terms of doing real-time interoperative treatment planning uh, with this particular system. The only other center that I know of on the East Coast is a program in Boston at Harvard University Medical Center. Uh, They've been doing their program since uh, January. We've been operational with our program uh, since March. And I would say that both centers have done a similar number of cases at this point in time. Is this something that you need to be a radiation oncologist, or can a urologist also learn how to do it, or have you guys kind of taken over this field? Well, I mean, the treatment of prostate cancer is a multidisciplinary specialty uh, that involves the urologist, uh, a uh, diagnostic uh, radiologist at times, a medical physicist, and a radiation oncologist. I would say that it's not any one single specialty who's taken over anything. I mean, I think it's a multi-specialty effort. I could see some older urologists not even recommending this to patients and just go strictly to a prostatectomy because it uh, kind of leaves his hands, literally. There are options of prostate cancer. 
you know, I didn't want to convey that this, you know, treating with uh, prostate brachytherapy was the only option for uh, men with prostate cancer. Radical prostatectomy is an option. Uh, external beam radiation therapy is an option. Seed implantation is an option. Watchful waiting, a uh, management making use of hormonal therapy, whether it's uh, multi-agent uh, hormonal therapy or LHRH agonist. Uh, these are all options for men with prostate cancer. Lots of times the decision of what therapy for what patient is a decision that's uh, made with you know, the consideration of all sorts of things uh, regarding patient care. I mean, the, the patients obviously are, are involved in that decision process. You know, overall, it's really up to the patient of what therapy they think is best for their situation. Right. Let's talk a little bit more about this new procedure. Does it cost any more than the existing procedures and our insurance companies paying for it? The cost is about the same. I don't have the exact figures on hand. And the answer to your second question, yes, the third-party payers are paying for this procedure. Doctor, what about sexual function? I know you were involved with a small study, but it looked at uh, quality of life with this procedure versus others. Sexual function happens to be a, a side effect of, of any prostate cancer treatment. You know, any, any therapy that affects an organ that's adjacent to uh, the, the neurovascular bundle or plexus, or however, however you want to phrase it, the base of the penis, are, are critical areas for erectile function in men. So it's hard to imagine that uh, whether the treatment is surgical or brachytherapy or external beam, that these structures are not going to get affected and that there won't be an effect on sexual function. I counsel uh, my patients that regardless of their decision, whether they have surgery or radiation, their risk of having sexual dysfunction in the future could be anywhere of the order of 20 to 60%, uh, depending on their function before treatment. You know, another thing that I learned, I had a patient who was going for brachytherapy, or at least contemplating it. He was told that he couldn't be around his grandchildren for six months to a year. Is that true? That's a cautious sort of recommendation that's made by physicians. They've done research studies where they try to measure the surrounding exposure from uh, seed implantation. And my interpretation of the literature is that there is really no more risk of radiation exposure from a seed implantation than there is from, say, background uh, radiation. Now, of course, we make that recommendation but it doesn't appear to be founded uh, in the medical literature. I think that actually swayed him towards going with a more radical procedure, and he went with the prostatectomy because he wanted to he wanted to improve the quality of his social life and be with his grandchildren. It's unfortunate. Again, you know, it's a very individualized process for patients to decide on the therapy. He may not have been comfortable with that, what I consider a theoretical risk. If you had to pick the best procedure to preserve sexual function that is available today, and I know you can't guarantee it, but which one would it be? Would it be the new brachytherapy, traditional brachytherapy, external beam radiation, or a smart prostatectomy with nerve salvaging? That's a difficult question I know. to answer <laughs> because none of these therapies have a long-term follow-up make a good assessment of what the sexual function is after these new therapies. The numbers that I cited was information based on the older techniques of treatment. Uh, that one study of mine that you cited, that was based on the older brachytherapy techniques, the older external beam techniques, and older surgical techniques. I think there's rationale, I think there's potential in the existing therapy since we have better 
understanding of what causes sexual dysfunction, we are able to uh, localize the critical normal tissues at risk that are with all these therapies that I think the risk of sexual dysfunction after therapy ought to be less. I mean, I can't say it will be less, but it ought to be less because I think the technology and the approaches are overall better than in the past. Well, on that note, I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Richard Valacenti, for coming on the show. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. If you haven't visited our website recently, check us out at reachmd.com, and you can download any show we have in our library. Thanks for tuning in. This ReachMD program is featured on Sermo, a free online community exclusively for physicians. To discuss this program with your colleagues, visit www.sermo.com. That's S-E-R-M-O dot com. When you join, enter ReachMD in the promotion box to receive a $15 Amazon gift card.